You're listening to SM Media, the number one place for exclusive Scottish football content. Hi folks and welcome to the latest episode of the SM Media Scottish Football Show. I'm Scott McPike, it's an absolute pleasure to be your host as always. Got another exciting weekend of Scottish football to talk about. There's a lot of action took place, a lot of goals as well. Three two ones. there was a 4-0, a 4-1 and a 2-0. So it's been a busy weekend, there's been a lot of action. Delighted to welcome to two guests to the pod this week. It's a pleasure to welcome Scott Bradley. Scott, welcome to the show, it's a pleasure to have you on. Well, thank you very much, Scott. It's, uh, I'm very happy to be here. Thanks for the invite. No, it's a pleasure. I'm looking forward to it. And it's a pleasure to welcome as well Josh McCaffrey. Josh, welcome to the show. It's a good, great pleasure to have you on. Thanks, Scott. Looking forward to this. Uh, quite a lot to get through, so looking forward to it. We do have a lot to get through, obviously, as well. We're international break. Scotland reached the, the uh, Group A of the Nations League. So, big big response for Scotland. And obviously, we'll find out who Scotland get and the kind of playoffs later on and things like that. But... We come back to league action this weekend. Now, I, I like an international break. It's good to kind of recharge the batteries. You're not as busy, but I was looking forward to the league league action coming back. I think it's been too long, but we'll start at Tynecastle. All the games on a Saturday, very rare that happens in the Premiership, but we all had all, all six games on a Saturday. Tynecastle, Hearts now, Rangers four. Rangers needed a big response. They got it. Two goals from Antonio Cholak, who's now scored eight goals this season, and second half goals from Alfredo Morelos and Ryan Kent. Secured a big win for Giovanni Van Bronckhorst's side. Took them to top of the league for a couple of hours before Celtic obviously went back up later on. But, Scott, I'll start with you. When it comes to Rangers, it was a it was a big response that was needed. It's been a bad few weeks. Results have been poor. Performances haven't been good either. I thought it was a good performance. I wouldn't say it was a great performance. I think there was a lot of things maybe still to tidy up. But in terms of a result, it was very, very good. I thought it was a big response. Cholak been in magnificent form, carrying that on, and a big result for Rangers, big performance as well. Yeah, one hundred percent. Scott, I thought I actually thought Rangers were brilliant. To be honest, um, it was a brilliant start with Cholak getting the goal, and obviously Cholak got two goals. Um, he's been a signing off the summer for Rangers. He's been absolutely sensational. Um, and also as well, he's keeping Alfredo Morelos out of the team. That's when you know. Um. But yeah, like 11 goals he's scored this season. Like He's going to, I think he's scored maybe 50 plus this season, to be honest. Um, and also, it was good to see Ryan Kent get a, get a goal. Like, obviously, he's, his confidence has been low as of late. And it was good to see him get an assist and a goal. His goal he took his goal terrifically well. Um, but yeah, it was a massive response, Scott. Um, because the game against Dundee United uh, a couple weeks ago, I was there. It was, it was a brutal watch. It was the fact that we were hanging on to a 2-1 lead against Dundee United too. I've been terrible this season. Um, but I think the international break came at the perfect time for Giovanni Van Bronckhorst and Rangers because all the, in that game, all Rangers had to do was win and, they, and then against Hearts, they came back with, with a fantastic response. I was delighted with it. I think as well, when you're, say, you're saying there that Rangers were brilliant. I thought they were good. I thought it was a, a good performance. I thought it, I, I thought the midfield were a bit flat for a lot of the game. I thought our field in particular was maybe just a bit, a bit off it. Should have got a goal. We'll touch on a couple of referee decisions in a few minutes, but yeah, it was a bad, a bad performance by the referee. I think we'll we'll touch on that. But I think as well, it was it was certainly a 
trying something different for Van Bronckhorst because obviously he brought Davis in at centre half, who I thought was quite good. I thought he was very composed. I thought I think he will be a good partner to Goldson. I think the left natural left sided centre back will suit. Matondo I thought was good. I thought at times he was maybe a bit raw, but again I think he'll pick up. I actually thought Rangers were were quite good, but again, Scott, is there more to come? That's the thing. I just think there's so many times for this Rangers team, like in particular Jack Lundstrom Arfield like as as a midfield three. I don't think you've got a lot of I don't I think you lose a lot of legs with that. Now Arfield will obviously run his socks off, but I think there needs to be more of a more of a kind of forward thinking plan in that midfield three. Because yeah, I think I you're losing saying. a lot of I thought I think Jack, you could tell he was a bit tired and things like that. I just that was my only concern that maybe the midfield is just a bit off. Yeah, I completely get what you're saying, mate. And also <clears throat> I will say this, right? Um like see after the Dundee United game, I was like saying, right, we need to just change up, go on maybe a four four two, three five two, go two up top, you know. But obviously Gio's gonna he's stubborn, he's gonna stick to his ways. Yeah. And I know what you're saying, obviously with the midfield and that, but I feel as though like even in, even though I was happy with the performance, there was times where our, our intensity just dropped. Mm-hmm. And I feel as though we need to have a bit more of a killer instinct. The way Celtic did a few weeks ago against Dundee United, where Celtic know how good they are and they were just relentless and we need to have that attitude where we, where we just take no prisoners and just batter teams and that's something that we have been lacking when you look at the game against Hibs as well where we were just so slow and passive and obviously like we, we dropped points there and I think that played a lot the red cards played a lot and that you know but I feel like I feel like we do need to up the, the tempo and intensity like much more going forward. Josh, I'll come to you for the, the first kind of referee decision that changed the game. Cammy Devlin, red card. Now, I do not understand what he's doing there because even if he's going to win the ball, that is going up with your studs, that, that is not the way you're going to win the ball. You're asking to get sent off with that because it's in a nothing area right in front of the fourth official. I don't think the referee's got a choice. I think, and I think Cammy Devlin, and I'm, I like Cammy Devlin. I think at times he's, he's maybe a bit kind of rash in his decision making, but I don't understand what he was thinking there. No, I really yeah. don't. Yeah, as you say, it's extremely rash. It's a stupid decision. He's completely out of control, endangering the safety of an opponent. It meets all the criteria for a red card. Right in front of the dugout, you're just asking to be sent off with that, and it, he's let his team down as well. It changes the complexion of the match. When he's sent off, they're 2-0 down, okay, maybe you get a goal, you're back into it. But once you go down to 10 like that, it's game over, really. And just before half-time, I think it was as well. So, mm-hmm. very stupid from Cammy Devlin there. On Hearts, Josh, I, I just thought they were really, they didn't really get anything going. Now, they were okay at the start, but I think, as you say, once the red card, I think the red card just eliminated the, any hopes and expectations they had for the game. Because even at 2-0 down, they were trying to get things going, but that red card just completely changed the game and I thought it was just a, a disappointing day for Hearts all round, I think. Yeah, I would agree. Especially at home, you're playing Rangers, you've got a decent crowd there, you want to do well, but and you go and concede four goals at home, it's quite poor. Robbie Nielsen said before the game, they expect to get a result when the Old Firm come to Tynecastle. I think you've got to back that up and he didn't do that. They've got Fiorentina on Thursday night, that's going to be a very tough challenge for them. I look forward to seeing how they do, but the management between trying to get Europe and the league for Hearts is we knew it was going to be tough this season. And although they're doing well, it's proven to be very hard. Josh, as well, obviously, with Rangers, they, they close it out late on the game. Obviously, two late goals with Morelos and Kent. 
It was a it was a big response from Rangers. I I thought when obviously Morelos coming in off off the bench as Scott said, Cholak's been a real good sign and he's keeping Morelos. You would think, but I thought Morelos was going to start that game. To be honest, I was surprised when Cholak was. It said that Cholak was going to start, but Morelos in particular getting a goal, doing his conference world a good Kent, who I think's just been lacking. So he's I think that was his first goal of the year in the league, which I think yeah. I, I was amazed when I heard that, but. His performances certainly haven't been great. I thought he was a bit better on Saturday. What does that do? A four 0 win against like probably the second toughest place you'll go to in the season. What does that do for your confidence? It boosts it massively. I think um, Rangers needed to go there and they needed to get a result, and they did just that. Four goals to nil was really good for them, and they toast Liverpool on Tuesday night. That'll be a that'll be a good one at Ibrox. I think Liverpool don't look the greatest now. Rangers will definitely fancy their chances there. And as you mentioned, Cholak, it's definitely his jersey to lose now. Up top, the number nine, top scorer in the league. Morelos does come off the bench, granted, and he does score, but I think Cholak is definitely the man there. My only thing with Cholak, he's scored, I think, is it eight goals in the league? Yeah. It's from an expected goals, if you're looking at the data. It's only from an expected goals of 3.57, I believe. It does suggest overperformance, but it does also suggest he's absolutely clinical in front of goal. And if he continues to do that, he could end up... 20, 25 goals in the league this season. Scott, obviously, Josh brought up there about Liverpool on Tuesday night. Now, I think he will start Morelos. I think Morelos is, it seems to be a type of game where I would play Morelos. And I don't think Cholak, I don't think, I think Cholak and Morelos are two very different strikers. I think Morelos is more suited to that kind of game on Tuesday night. What do you think? Do you think he will go with Morelos or Cholak for that massive game on Tuesday? I think he'll go Morelos. I think Morelos against Liverpool was a perfect fit, um, to be honest. And as you said, Scott, they are two totally different players. Um, and as Cholak, though, I think he's one of those players that's like, he's a bit like Chris Boyd in a sense, <laughs> but not as lazy, if you know what I'm saying, where if you give him service in that six yard box, he's going to score goals. Yeah. But also, he's very physical and he he's a perfect player to go up against someone like Virgil van Dijk. If you start Cholak, I think van Dijk's just going to eat him up, to be honest. Um but yeah, I think he needs to go Alfie up top, 110%. And on Liverpool as well, by the way, they're not in good form whatsoever. They're like leaking goals in for fun at the moment. Um, obviously, they drew with Brighton at the weekend. So, see, going to this game at Anfield, Rangers don't need to fear Liverpool. Rangers have nothing to lose here. Rangers can just go there and do their thing. And when Rangers are the underdogs, that's when they really rise to the occasion. We've seen that last year in Europe against Borussia Dortmund and Leipzig. So, yeah, Rangers... Should just go for it, man. We'll touch on obviously the Liverpool game later on. We'll obviously touch on the, the other Champions League game, but we'll move into the Celtic game at Parkhead. 2 1 1 over Motherwell. There's a wee bit of conflection here because a lot of people are saying that we're at the game saying it wasn't like the Celtic we've seen this season. But looking at the highlights, they did create a lot of chances. They just didn't really didn't really get their, their scoring boots on. The goal's enough to win any game. That is a magnificent goal, but obviously we'll get through the game individually. Josh, I'll start with you for this. Celtic, it's a, it's a weird game for Celtic. Obviously, they scored early, a weird goal to concede, and then obviously Hitachi's really good finish in the second half. But do you think it was a, a case of Celtic not at the races like they have been? Or, because I, I can see it, but I can also see that they did create a lot of chances. They just didn't have a clinical edge. Yeah, I think the first 20, 30 minutes, Celtic came out of the traps and they got the early goal. And at that point, you're thinking this could be a three or four nothing job here. But 
they, they don't take their chances and in, in games like that it's always crucial you get the second goal and Celtic didn't get that and it was Motherwell who equalised there's a moment of madness at the back though to be honest um, lack of communication between Joe Hart and uh, Joseph Juranovic um, and in the second half it was kind of a bit of a slog to be honest uh, we didn't get any significant chances and yeah, like you say it's a moment of magic from Hatati, an absolute thunderbolt um, McGregor, I think it was the mark of a true captain. Uh, the way, although you may say it was poor, but the Motherwell man was one of them on the keeper, and McGregor brings him down. It was a red. I don't know. You could argue Stephen Welsh is on the cover there. It's very tough to say. Um, John Beaton takes no hesitations and send him off. Uh, but I think Celtic, they had they had got they had to get three points. There was a slight bit of pressure, obviously, from Rangers winning early in the day, and they'd done that. And I'm sure Ange Postecoglou will be happy with the three points. The only the only thing the reason I think it's a red card is I Welsh would Welsh have got there in time for maybe the the Motherwell player to maybe lob Joe Hart because Joe Hart was way out so you could argue if McGregor doesn't make that challenge he's through in goal we can lob the goalkeeper so I think I I do think it's a red card I don't think there's I I don't I don't think he's going to get there so yeah I can see why he's gave a red but Scott. Fair play to Motherwell as well. They did they did make it hard for Celtic. Obviously, Celtic had were maybe a bit flatter than usual, but with with Motherwell as well, they're not scoring goals because that they did have chances as well. They did have a few big chances to make to get a couple of goals out of that game and just didn't take them. And it's been a kind of struggle with Motherwell a lot this season, I think. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Actually, like like credit to Motherwell, that I actually thought they defended well. But obviously, Hatati's goal was just an absolute screamer. Um, but it was—I think it was inevitable that Motherwell were going to lose that because they were just hanging on. And as I was saying earlier on about Celtic's attack, they are just relentless. And it was—it was coming anyway. But yeah, as you said, they're not scoring goals at the moment, and that is a worry for them, you know. Um, but I, like I will say that this as well, though, when they sacked Graham Alexander, it was the right call because I think the record uh, under him had been like they only won like five games. Uh, this whole year uh, in the league, which was ridiculous, you know. But I think once Motherwell get the goal scoring situation sorted, I think they will come good. Josh, we regarding Celtic, obviously the past couple of games, Carter Vickers hasn't been there, Starfelt hasn't been there, and I think that's been very telling because I noticed a lot on Saturday where a lot of cross balls coming in, Carter Vickers and Starfelt. That is the one big strength is it will get them away quick. I don't think if Carter Vickers and Starfelt are fit at all, we see the partnership of Jens and Welsh again because they are not capable of playing together. And that is a big, big problem for that Celtic team with cross balls if Carter Vickers and Starfelt aren't that team. Yeah, I would agree. Carter Vickers and Starfelt, the stability they bring to that back line is hugely missed when they're not playing, particularly Carter Vickers as well. Uh, Stephen Welsh was slightly off it at the weekend. Mm-hmm. I think everyone in the ground would say that. It was the same at St Man a few weeks ago. Moritz Jens, he's a good player. I don't think he's much of a leader in I the back. Jens, I think Jens and Welsh, with one of the two of them, just Jens and Welsh not together. Yeah, I would I'd completely agree with that. That's that's a good prognosis. Um, I think Carter Vickers is the main key clog in that back line. Uh, I think the sooner he's back for Celtic, the better, because they will continue to concede if it's um, Welsh and Jens in the back, I think. Scott, any issues with the McGregor red card? Did you think it was a red, or was was Welsh going to get there? What was your what was your assessment? I thought it was a red. I thought it was a red, but it's totally understandable why Callum McGregor done it. Obviously, Motherwell 
were through and goal and uh, Callum Gregor had to do what he had to do and like a hundred percent the right decision for him to do that. It's understandable. Um, but yeah, no complaints from me. It was the right card. The referee got it right. And I don't think there was much complaints uh, from a lot of Celtic fans that I'd seen uh, on social media. They thought, like, fair play, Cal McGregor for doing that. You know, because if he had got through, who knows? Uh, Motherwell could have nicked a point there. Josh, quickly, obviously, before we get into the other games, Celtic going in on Wednesday night will obviously go to Leipzig. It's going to be a tough game. What do you think about that, D8? Because I think you've seen there as well, I would probably say that's the team that maybe starts, apart from obviously the exception of maybe Carter Vickers coming in. I thought he would have made more changes, but then again, when you look at it, because that to me looks like the team he will start with. Yeah, potentially. I think the only, as you say, change could be someone different in the back line of Carter Vickers coming in there, or you could potentially see Abada, yeah, Aksabanovic in the front three for it would probably be Maeda. Yeah. Yeah, I think Wednesday night will be a tough game for Celtic away in Europe. Uh, Leipzig won 4-0 at the weekend. Mm-hmm. They've got a new manager, new manager bounce, uh, Timo Werner, uh, Christopher Nkunku, doing very well for RB Leipzig, so I think it'll be a very tough game for Celtic. We'll obviously make, get a wee score prediction from you later on in that, but we'll move into the another game. Aberdeen 4, Kilmarnock 1. Two very different takes for both teams. Aberdeen scoring for fun. Miofsky with a double. Bezogin and Stewart making it four. Kilmarnock, again, problems we spoke about a lot the past few weeks. They are not scoring goals. I think Ash Taylor's a top goal scorer, which is a damning indictment of this Kilmarnock team. But Scott, I I thought a really impressive display from Aberdeen. I thought in particular the midfield three, they made it easy for the front three to get chances. I thought it was just an overall really good display from Aberdeen. Yeah, Aberdeen played a lot of great stuff on the day. They were they were fantastic. They were superb on the counter attack as well. Kamala were just all over the place. They couldn't deal with, with Aberdeen. Uh, Besedrin, as you said, mate, like he's a terrific player, so he is, man. And Miofsky as well, he like ran that Aber- ran that Kamala defence ragged all day. Um, but especially see when you've got players like uh, Watkins and Hayes on like on the wings, man, they are just so quick. Like so powerful, like the deliveries, uh, superb as well. But yeah, it was just an all round fantastic day from Aberdeen, and I think Jim Goodwin's got Aberdeen playing some really good stuff right now. Josh, with Aberdeen, I think they're they're beginning to find their groove. Miofsky looks a really good asset as well. Another double, I think he's just one goal behind Cholak as well. So he's had a really good start, but it's that freedom to move pretty quickly. Like the midfield three, I thought, like as as we said there. They just gave made it so so much more easier for that front three to just get chances, get forward into the box. Mayowski was getting really good service. Aberdeen, I thought it was a, it was a probably as as good a performance as you can get. I would say on Saturday. Yeah, I think Aberdeen. They've started the season strongly. I think that's about the third game at home. They've scored four or five goals. I think, mm-hmm. uh, which is very good. I think the loss of Ferguson might have been. A, weak, a very weak point for them in the summer, but they've brought in Ramadani in the North Macedonian, I believe he is. He's done yeah. very well for them. Um, Bohan Miofsky up front as well has been a tremendous signing. Uh, only about £700,000 and he's banging them in. Uh, I think Johnny Hayes has been a rejuvenated player for them uh, out wide as well. And some very good business Aberdeen have done. They've had to build a new squad and Jim Goodwin has done a very good job up there. Kilmarnock, they look very weak. Uh, they gave McInnes a new deal, which... I'm not sure about that. We can go on to talk about that more. <laughs> I get it. I get why 
they're giving him a new deal because I I was on here saying Kilmarnock would finish top six at the start of the season. I thought they'd done really good business, but Scott, when, when you're not scoring goals, and obviously they've had a laugh at the situation that is kind of, is kind of not helped because you're potentially without your big 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 star player. And he is. You can argue, obviously, has he's been right out of form the first few weeks of the season, but he's clinical and he'll score goals if, when he's in the right form. You're going to be with him for a long time. I didn't understand the signing of Christian Dodge. I really didn't. I thought that was not the type of player that Kilmarnock should be in for. And it tells because there's nothing worse if you're not scoring goals and then you're conceding more. And then you've just got that. They're on four points from eight games. Tuesday night at home to St. Johnson is massive because St. Johnson, again, going, getting a good result away from home. You don't want that gap to then become too big because I do think Kilmarnock will have a good run because I think they've got enough players to do so. But Tuesday night it needs to start because they're in trouble. Yeah, 100% there. <clears throat> they're a mess right now, especially defensively. And with Derek McInnes, he get a new deal. I get it. I'm the, I'm the, I have the same opinion as you, Scott. I get it. Um, I think McInnes at Kilmarnock is a perfect fit, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I think McInnes doesn't like like to manage a, a club with high expectations. I think that's one of the reasons why he didn't go to Rangers. Um, Aberdeen as well. Aberdeen fans... Like got sick off him, then obviously he got the sack. But I feel like he's suited for a club at Kilmarnock. Not a lot of expectations. Maybe fight for to, uh, to get in the top six, try and stay in the league. I think that's perfect for him, you know. But yeah, as you said, defensively, they're all over the place. And up front as well, they're no scoring goals, right? And we all know Dan McInnes doesn't like playing great football. It's it's very route one football. It's very negative, boring to watch. And the fact that they're not scoring and they're conceding goals for fun at the moment. It's not, like, not looking good at all right now. But St. Johnson is massive, though, because obviously they got a good yeah. result against uh, Dundee United. But they'll, they'll have a bit of confidence going into that, though. So if Kamara lose that, I think the alarm bells will start going, I think. I, I As I say, I think giving Derek McInnes a new deal is just that bit of stability that Kamara always look for. But they obviously, they just... I, I think... I think defend defensively, they've got enough decent players to actually they'll pick up. I don't have a I don't really have a, as big an issue with that. I think going forward there's a big issue right now because they've not got that clinical edge that they always have. I mean, we just said at the start, Ash Taylor's a top goal scorer. Now, that isn't good, and that's not good. And I, Kilmarnock fans are very can be very very quick to make decisions. Tommy Wright suffered from that. Alessio suffered from that previously as well. They need to get going. And I think Tuesday night's probably, I would say, the biggest game of the season so far because they need to get a result. We will move on to talking about the next game that we're going to touch on. St. Johnston, we're going to touch on next. Now, St. Johnston won 2 1 away to Dundee United. Now, Dundee United in a massive slump. But, Josh, when you look at that St. Johnston game, now I've seen, I've seen the full game. That is the best St. Johnston performance I have seen since the double season because that was so so clinical midfield were excellent Ryan McGowan had an excellent game Stevie May probably put in one of his best performances since he's been back at St. Johnson everything clicked for them on the day and they have the D United have not beat them at Tanadice since 2014 so St. Johnson have a way of playing at Tanadice but three unbeaten for St. Johnson 
Callum Davidson, it's a good run, and that is that was as good a performance as they could have hoped for going into Saturday. Yeah, St Johnston were brilliant. Uh, they've been very good the past couple of games, and like you say, it was vintage Stevie May. A goal, and he put it on. His goal was brilliant. He took it very well, side footed that in the top corner, and a very good layoff uh, for Merkel Halberg, I think it was for the second. Mm-hmm. And he hit the crossbar as well himself, Stevie May. Um, I believe that was in the second half. Yeah, uh, United right now are very much in a slump. Um, I think the thing with them is they've got a very good, talented squad there. They've got some very good players, um, but I don't know if the appointment of um, Liam Fox uh, permanently uh, was the correct one for them. Very inexperienced as a manager. Um, I, I'm not sure if that was the good call, but I like Jason Johnston. A resurgence from them has been brilliant, and they'll fancy their chances going to rugby parking uh, midweek. Scott and Johnson, a massive result, massive performance. On the other hand, though, the United, they are really struggling. Yeah, like Dunn United are a riot right now, to put it bluntly. <laughs> um, like they're completely short of confidence. Um, getting hammered 9 0 off Celtic, then getting hammered out of Europe 7 0. Uh, it's completely ruined them, you know. And the appointment of Liam Fox is a really poor one, in my opinion. Um, he previously managed Cowden Beef, right? And listen to this for a record, right? He was there for about 26 matches, right? 16 defeats, 48 goals conceded. And when he got sacked, he left Cowden Beef seven points adrift at the bottom of League Two, right? So that the, the appointment of Liam Fox baffles me. It's the, the cheap option from Dundee United. I felt as though Dundee United should have got in a box office appointment, shall we say, something like someone like Duncan Ferguson to re- to get the fans back on board after how poor they've been this season. And defensively as well on the team, they are just a mess. Like St Johnston were easily cutting them open um, yesterday and Stevie May had a fantastic game where Stevie May got a goal, got an assist. Um, he was uh, a real thorn in the side uh, to that Dundee United defence. But yeah, as George was saying, they do have good individual players such as uh, Stephen Fletcher, Ryan Edwards, Ross Graham, Liam Smith. That's not enough. Like It's really not enough. But I will say this now, it's pretty bold. I think they're going to be in a relegation battle this season. I really do. The thing with the United right now is, and I, I understand the Liam Fox situation because when you're promoting somebody who hasn't had a big managerial job, it can go, it can go, a, a, it can go one way of, right, he's, he's a brilliant appointment or it just sets them back. Now, you said there about a start with Cowden Beef. The United with 25 appointments in the last 30 years with regard to managers. They need something different. So that way I get the Liam Fox appointment, but also you've got this thing now. How how do you go from Jack Ross at the start of the season and all this? Hoo-ha? We all watched the AZ Altmar game. The United were outstanding. So how do you go from that to what we're seeing now, because that to me, you, how can your only one of the season be a home one over AZ Altmar? Right? I don't yeah. get that. I don't get that. That's not just a football thing. That yeah. to me is weird. I think confidence in football is an absolutely massive thing. And I think after they went to Holland and they got beat 7 nothing, that certainly took a lot out of Dundee United mentally as a very embarrassing result. And I think the 9-0 against Celtic was another absolute disastrous result for them again. And at the weekend there, they were very poor. Dundee United, they're in a state now. I'm not sure how long Liam Fox will last if this 
form keeps up. That's it. So what what do you do there though? Because you could you could be in a situation in January where, let's just say after the World Cup, the D United are five six points behind eleventh place, right? What do you do? Do you keep Liam Fox in, or do you then panic bring bring another guy in who's probably going to be there one or two years until things go wrong again, just to keep them up? This is a bad. This is a a, a big time for the D United because I don't think. I certainly didn't. Last season, I thought the Tam Court's appointment was a big, big question. That actually went and worked. And then he decided that he, he went to Hungary. Now, he went to Hungary. Did we, we all probably thought at the time that that's a big kind of, that's a weird thing. That's a, you don't leave a team like the United to go to a team in Hungary. Is, has he left now? And I'm doing my classic Mark Wilson. Has he left now because he knows there's problems at the club? Or is there something else? Because that, to me, I don't understand that. Why Why Liam Fox? Liam Fox can't be the only person interested in that job. So what are you saying there? Are you basically saying that Liam Fox was the best person out of that list? Because there would have been some big names on that. We, we know how Scottish football works. There's usually the same names pop up all the time. Your John Hughes, your Tommy Wright, your... I mean, Mark McGee, for example, just off the top of my head, just they're, they're three. They always come up in big jobs like that, for example. Are you telling me that Liam Fox has got a better CV than them? Now, I think Liam Fox getting the job is a big, it's a big push of, right, okay, let's try something different. But where do you go from there if it doesn't work? Yeah, no, exactly, Scott, because, like, you had the nail on the head, like, something must be wrong behind the scenes if Tam Courts leaves to go to Hungary. Because he had a great season last season, right? <clears throat> and he got done United into Europe. Would that not be exciting enough to be like, okay, had a good season, got European football to look forward to? He wasn't interested, so something must be wrong behind the scenes. The fact that they had done United had to settle for Liam Fox didn't even try to didn't even try to go for someone like a Tommy Wright or a Davy Martindale. They were like, okay, we'll just settle for him. So and we will just go for the cheap option, you know. So I think there must be something wrong and. It's not looking good at all for Dun United at the moment. It is not looking good. And we will do a wee preview later on because I think they've got another game on Wednesday as well. But St Mirren and Livingston. Now, I've seen many games this season where I've been kind of my head's exploded watching the game. That's another one. St Mirren moved to third in the league. Alex Gray with a really late goal for 10 men. St Mirren to give them a massive three points. Scott, this game was, this game had everything and it only finished 2 1. Yeah, uh, put it this way, um, it was it was a really scrappy game to watch. I don't think I'll be rushing back to watch it. That's for sure. Um, no, it wasn't great, um, but it was a massive result for Saint Mirren. They're building on that 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 one against Celtic. They've got some real confidence and momentum right now. Um, I thought they showed a lot of character uh, to get back into the game um, after the red card. And obviously the red card was shades of Luis Suarez there, but <laughs> and then obviously Kelly skied the penalty. Which I saw one for Levy, but yes, Mirren, they're they're looking they're looking good under Stephen Robinson right now. He's got them. They're not exactly playing stellar stuff, but they're very well organised and drilled. And we did see that against Celtic as well. And um, yeah, for, um, from uh, Levy's point of view, I think Davy Martin they will be annoyed at that. Like see for uh, St Mirren's winner as well. Like St Mirren's uh, just Levy's defence was just all all over the place. And that's one that'll, that'll be a real sore one for Levy to take. Although Livingston's away form is, is slightly worrying, I think they've lost the last three. I don't think they've won it away from home that season. Josh, 
I think that's. I think Scott's nailed that. I think it was one of those games where either side could have won, and I don't think we would have said anything because it was so scrappy. But Livingston, they will be gutted. They will be gutted. But again, on the other hand, Marin, they scored late on the goal. The the, the Livingston goal was a brilliant goal because the cross from Newbley is tremendous to find Anderson. But it was just one of those games, wasn't it? It was just one of those scrappy games, and St. Marin had the better edge in the day. Yeah, if Sean Kelly converts that penalty. It's a totally different game. Um, I think St Mirren, though, they did show great character. They're down to 10 men. And they were the ones that were pushing for the winner, not Livingston. And uh, they go and score right at the end. It's heartbreak hotel for Livy. Mm. Uh, on the road, they've been poor, but they look very different at the Tony Macaroni Arena. They've had some decent results there so far this season. Um, although St Mirren, surprise package sitting third on the table. Uh, they're doing very well. They backed up their win, like you said, over Celtic last week. And yeah, they're I don't know, flying up the table now. They've got Rangers next week, though. Uh, that'll be a tough one. With the likes of St. Marin, obviously, you've got, you've got two big teams this season. They're, they're two teams that are probably, I would say, the surprise packages. Now, Livingston obviously do it every season. Scott, who do you think will finish higher up the league, St. Marin or Livingston? Um... You know what? I'll, I'm actually going to edge it with St Mirren. Yeah, right. I think I think St Mirren are looking good this season. Um, the lot, there's a, quite a few St Mirren fans had doubts about Stephen Robinson. Um, obviously, they got knocked out, knocked out of the League Cup, didn't have a great end to the season. But I think he's really got them like playing just now. And I think St Mirren just have a bit more quality, and I think they will edge it. You know, but David Martindale, he is. A, I think he's a great manager, and then I think he he will really push. Uh, St Mirren uh, for like for the top six this season, but I think it will be St Mirren. St Mirren. I think it's St Mirren's to lose, to be honest. We will move on to the final game of the weekend in the Premiership. Ross County nil, Hibs two. Ryan Porteous continuing his fantastic week with a goal for Hibs, and Martin Boyle made it two 0 Josh, we'll start with you. Hibs really impressive one again. They would have, I think with Lee Johnson as well. Now I think there's. I think there's times this isn't going to work, but you can clearly see that he has an emphasis in playing attacking football because you can see clearly that that's his, that's his priority. And it was bound for, it's bound from the back and it's beginning to click. Now, it will click at times. It, click, it won't click other times, but Levy, uh, Hibs scored at the right times. Yeah, I think that's three wins on the bounce now yeah. for Hibs. And uh, we know going up to Dingwall is never easy. And Hibs went up there and they made it look comfortable. Uh, I don't think Ross County threatened much. Uh, Martin Boyle, the return of him, has been an inspired signing for Hibs. He scored yet again at the weekend. He's scored some big goals already. Uh, but like you say, Ryan Porteous, what a week for him. Yeah. Um, makes his Scotland debut on Wednesday night, arguably man of the match, and then goes and scores at the weekend uh, for his club. So, very big week for Ryan Porteous and uh, Hibs another victory. Scott, I've got to be honest now, fans of this show will know where I'm going here. I am not a fan of Ryan Porteous's character. I think at times he's a bit of a, what's a pantomime villain, I think is the right word. But I've also been in record as saying that I think Ryan Porteous has the potential to be a really good defender. And this week, Wednesday night, I thought he was magnificent. I thought he was anchored the defence well for Scotland. And Saturday, for example, carries that on. This is the Ryan Portis we all want to see because there's a good player in there if he cuts out the badness. Now, Ryan Portis, he gets a goal. That'll do him the world of good. I just hope he keeps his head where it should be. 
because that's where I want to see Ryan Portis. I don't want to be talking about Ryan Portis doing silly stuff. I want to be talking about Ryan Portis having great games for Scotland, doing well for Hibs. That's what I want to see from Ryan Portis. Yeah, like I think there is a player in there, but <clears throat> the, the bad outweighs the good. With Ryan Portis, um, I know what you're saying. Like I'm not a fan, a fan of his character as well. Um, see if he just cuts out that nonsense. Who knows? He, he might actually go on and be the, the defender that Hibs fans like claim that he is, you know. But yeah, it was a great week for him. A great week for him. Can't take anything away from that. But I feel as though when he comes up, I don't know what it is when he comes up against like the old firm or whatever. He just he's too focused on trying to wind the players up, the opposition up, and it's that's going to be his downfall. You know, um, so like, see if he does, like, mature and cut out all that nonsense. Who knows? We might actually like see him like thrive and become a, a very good defender. But to be honest, Scott, I don't think he'll mature. I really don't. <laughs> I really, I just, I just feel as though he just enjoys winding people up too much and being the villain. And I, I hope Lee Johnson cuts that out his game. But I, th- I just don't think he'll ever change. To be honest. I hope he does because I've said I think there's a player in there. I, I just think I have serious concerns about his character. But weeks like that, you don't know what that does to a player. You don't know if he go, if he takes that as right. If I put my head down and put it to some sort of use, he's had that chance with Scotland. He's played in a big game like that and been uh, received plaudits. I thought he was excellent in, uh, against Ukraine. I thought he was arguably the best player in the park. I don't think Scotland get that point if he's not on his on top of his game. So that to me should be him recognising I've got a tremendous amount of ability. I need to put my head to good use. Now, if he does it, that we'll wait and see, but he's had a really good week. But we'll touch on Ross County for a second, Josh. The same problem we've had all season. Now, I think this Ross County team's got some tremendous players, tremendous potential to, to certainly make a top six case, but they're struggling for goals. And when you're struggling for goals, you do not get the results. Yeah, I think uh, Ross County, I think a lot of their success last season was down to a certain Reagan Charles Cook. Yes. Uh, they lost him in the summer, and I'm not saying they failed to replace him because they do have some talented players in there, but I don't think this team has had enough time to gel, um, and I don't think Ross County look good this season. They don't look like the unit they looked like last season under Malky McKay, um, and yesterday was another disappointing uh, day for them. Scott, if Ross County, Ross County in a similar boat to to like Sir Kilmarnock and United, if they don't get a run going, they could find themselves behind the likes of Livingston and St Marin. Now, I'm not saying Livingston and St Marin are relegation for them right now, but there's enough of a gap. If they have a bad run, Ross County can't really get there. So Ross County will be the same as our two teams I just mentioned. They'll want to buck their ideas up quickly. Yeah, 100%. I feel like Ross County are just flat this season. I've not been impressed with them whatsoever. Um, they're lacking goals as well. And as you said, Scott, like, if they don't pick up some wins soon, they'll be in a rele- relegation battle this season. I think they will be, along with uh, Dundee United, obviously. But <clears throat> like the, the loss of Charles Cook was massive. And uh, as Josh said as well, they've struggled to really replace him, you know. And I don't, I just, when I watch Ross County, there's nothing inspiring. Mm-hmm about them they're just bland there's nothing going on there but they're another team that they that need to pick up a win sooner or else they will be in a relegation battle this season and obviously last season as well they made the top six you know so I don't know I think it could be a tough season for them it's been a fascinating weekend in the premiership a lot of really exciting action 
quickly before we go into the, the championship, Josh, give us a performance of the weekend. Who was who stood out to you in the Premiership? What team had the best performance of the weekend? I would have to go with Aberdeen um, for their 4 1 win over Kilmarnock. Yeah, I think some sweeping attacking play for them. Um, Jim Goodwin continues um, rebuilding that Aberdeen side, and they're doing very well this campaign. Yet another, they're scoring goals for fun. Uh, Mayovsky, as we touched on earlier, looks to be a great signing for them. And uh, they continue they to do well, Aberdeen. Scott, performance of the weekend in the Premiership? Uh, well, I'll probably be a bit biased there. Obviously, Rangers and Hearts. Um, <laughs> I well, the standout player of the weekend for me was Cholak. Um, scoring goals uh, for fun at the moment. Um, and going to Tynecastle is a very tough place to go for any team. And for Rangers to go there, when comfortably 4 0 with ease, um, was a, a massive statement, in my opinion. So I would say the Rangers Hearts game uh, at Tynecastle 110%. I'll go different from you, too. I'll go for St. Johnson going to the D United. 1 and 2 1. Stevie May, standout player of the weekend. Really good performance, getting him back to what he, we know he can be. Quite long to the championship. Let's get through the results. Air 1, Air 0, Inverness 1, Cove 2 are both 0, Hamilton 0, Dundee 2. Partick Thistle 5, Morton 1 and Queen's Park 1, Wraith 0. Scott, what result stands out to you in the Championship? Just, well, what did you, what was the result that caught your eye over the weekend? Oh, definitely Partick Thistle winning 5-1 against Morton. Um, Partick Thistle looking good this season, sitting top of the table. Ian McCall's got him flying, uh, so he has. Um, but yeah, that's one that uh, stood out for me. Um, Partick Thistle just absolutely battered um, uh, Green at Morton, you know, so I think I think they're in very good contention this season, mate, of going up. Um, and credit where it's Stewie and McCall, he's returned to Thistle when he's got them flying, you know. And it was quite, it was quite unjust when they got relegated a couple of seasons ago, but they've, they've bounced back massively and credit to them. So that's just, the game that stands out for me would be Thistle and Morton, 110%. Five goal, five different goal scorers for Partick Thistle are really kind of a really good result as well, puts them a point clear. Queen's Park as well, 1-0 over Wraith. Big result for them. Josh, what result stands out to you over the weekend in the Championship? Uh, yeah, I would go with the Partick Thistle one, as uh, Scott said. But I think Queen's Park uh, are doing pretty well this season. They've got uh, the back-to-back promotions, I believe. Now they're up in the Championship. They're sitting mm. second in the table. Uh, they beat Hamilton a couple of weeks ago. Uh, then, obviously, Wraith at home. They beat them 1-0. Um, they look a decent side. Owen Coyle's got them playing well. I think they made some decent moves over the summer. They've got in the new sporting director from the Netherlands. Yeah. Uh, I believe, uh, I think he's done very well for them. Uh, I think Queen's Park, it could be a mere shout for promotion. You never know through the playoffs, which would be uh, immense for them. Absolutely immense. And another, obviously, Cove getting a big win against a Broth 2 0 with them, kind of gets them all. I think Cove and a Broth were tied in the same amount of points, and obviously, Cove are getting a big three points there. Inverness going to Somerset and winning 1 0, that's a big three points for them because they have been flying so far. And as you said, the D go to Hamilton as well too. Now, there's already, as you see, just looking at the table, there's four points between fifth and sixth and four points between first and fifth. There's already a kind of gap developing with the top five that they could be quite well bunched, but the bottom five will be wanting, a, a team out of the bottom five will be wanting to get wins on the board to avoid being stuck behind that. So that'll be interesting to see. We'll move into League One. Dunfermline two, Peterhead two. Falkirk 2, Clyde 0, Kelty 1, Airdrie 0, Montrose 1, FC Edinburgh 2, and Queen of the South 1, Alloa 1. Josh, what result caught your eye in League 1? Uh, I'll go with the FC Edinburgh, uh, away at Montrose. Uh, I think they look quite good this season, Edinburgh. Uh, moving over to Meadowbank, new stadium. They're only a point behind in Fermland now. 
Um, I think Alan Maybury's came in there. I think he took caretaker charge mm-hmm. uh, last season and he's got the job on a permanent basis. And away from home at Montrose, they get a 2-1 win. Uh, so, yeah, I'll go with that. Scorver results still out to you in League One. Uh, this one will surprise you, actually. Kelty Hearts won 1-0 against Airdrie. Yeah. <laughs> um, see, Kelty Hearts, they have surprised me because I thought they were going to have a... Like, the start of the season started off like quite poorly, right? But I was expecting to really be up there with them firmly in Edinburgh. But it's not really... They've not had the best of starts. Um, Kevin Thompson leaving was a big blow. Um, obviously, they lost their last game, but but obviously winning uh, at the weekend will be massive for them, uh, for John Potter. So I think if they can get a good run going, they've got every chance of making like the playoffs, you know. And like obviously, Kilt Hearts, I think they're financially like quite well backed for uh, that level of football as well. So I think who knows? Like, we might over as the years go on, we might see them do like a Gretna. You know, I think everyone did expect that after they just ran away with League Two last season, you know. But I feel as though that result stands out, so I think they could potentially go on a good run now and maybe push for the playoffs. Okay, we were hoping they maybe go through the same promotion route as Gretna, but they'll certainly not want the ending that Gretna gave them. Exactly. So, but yeah, I see I see your point. Yeah, I think Kelly, that's a big result for them. Gets them off bottom of the league as well. Peterhead, two goals in the last five minutes away to Dunfermline. Dunfermline were 2 0 up and could have been three points clear at the top of the league, but Peter Head, a 93rd minute equaliser for them. And that'll do them the world of good as well, because performances haven't been good. They've been really the results haven't been great as well. Getting a point against the league leaders was massive, especially really late on coming from 2-0 down. But that's another league. You just look at the look at how kind of stacked that is, and a lot of teams are close. There's only three points now between first and fifth, and Montrose are just five points behind. So there's there's a develop. I don't think MD's going to run away with that league. I think that could be very, very close. So we'll move into League Two. Dumbarton are still top of the league. They are now five points clear. They were held to a 0 0 draw away to Forfa. Stenhouse Muir, big 4 2 1 for them away to Bonnyrag. Stirling have cut the gap to five points by 2 1 1 away to East Fife. Kane Hester with four goals and a 5 1 1 for Elgin against Annan. Anshun Rara 2 1 1 over Albion Rovers. Scott, what was your result of the weekend in League Two? Mine would be Shunar beating Albion Rovers 2-1, purely because of how bad Albion Rovers have been this season. I think they're in a world of trouble right now. I think they I think they will go down. And I think it's crazy to think by the way. A few years ago, um Rangers played them and they got a draw at Ibrox, you know. <clears throat> and obviously financially, playing those two Scottish Cup games against Rangers was massive. Um and it's I think it's quite sad to see how much they've fallen since then, you know, and if I was an Albion Rovers fan, I would be concerned because they're not looking good whatsoever. Brought bottom of the table, only one win, lost five. It's it's not looking good. Um, I think they will go down. So I think that result that stands out. I think that's massive for Shunra for their promotion push as well. Um, so, yeah, I would say that would be my standout one. But, yeah, not looking good for Rovers. Josh, what about League 2 that stands out to you? Uh, we'll go with the Elgin, uh, 5-1 win over Annan. Uh, obviously, as you say, four goals uh, from the one player, and I think that kind of lifted Elgin out of that kind of bottom three spot uh, up to sixth now uh, on 10 points. So, yeah, obviously, even any team winning 5-1 catches your eye, and uh, they do that against a team that's close to the table is even better for Elgin. Yeah, I think that's right. I think Stenhouse Muir as well, that's a massive result for them. Going to Bonnerag, who obviously have come up, and they've, they've started well, So, but I think these... 
like Stenhouse Muir, obviously, if that will have promotion hopes, these are the games they want to win. They want to pick up big results like that. So that's a massive result for them. And League Two again, Dumbarton are obviously really have had a really good start. It's it's five points. So again, they've, they've closed the gap slightly, like Stull and Stenhouse Muir are there. That could be a really interesting league because I, I don't know if Dumbarton, I don't know about Dumbarton. They want to get back to winning ways quickly. So It'll be an interesting league as well. But we have a lot of action coming up this week, this week and domestically and European. We'll start with domestically. Ross County against Motherwell. Scott, give us a prediction. Ross County against Motherwell. Two teams that will be desperate for a result. Um, I don't see that being a stellar game, to be yeah. honest. But what I'm gonna go for a I'm gonna go a nil nil. I don't think it'll be a great game to watch. Um, both teams are struggling for goals at the moment. Um, so well, that'll be my prediction. I'm going nil nil. I think you're right. I actually agree. I think that could be a. I think that could that could have nil nil written all over it. Josh, do you think it'll be a, a boring score, scoreless draw? I think potentially, yeah. However, when you look at Ross County's defence, it's not the greatest. I think Motherwell could potentially go there and maybe knock a one nil win. You never know, one nil one each. I think it won't be the a game to watch though. Um, if you've got anything to do on Tuesday night, I would be watching Liverpool Rangers. Yeah, I think you'll see more goals in that game, definitely. But Kilmarnock against St. Johnson on Wednesday night, I am going to go out on a limb and say this is a massive game for both teams because St. Johnson can go into sixth if they win. Kilmarnock, if they lose to St. Johnson, could be nine points behind them. Now, that could be massive for St. Johnson in particular because if you're nine points in front of Kilmarnock, Kilmarnock are in a lot of trouble. I think Kilmarnock will win. I think they'll win 1-0. I don't think this will be an amazing spectacle as well, but I, I think Kilmarnock will pick up the result. 1-0. Going to go Christian Dodge. Scott, give us our prediction in the Kilmarnock-St. Johnston game. I'm going to go 2-0 uh, St. Johnston. Um, as we were speaking about earlier on in the show, uh, defensively, <clears throat> Kilmarnock are all over the place at the moment. Um, Stevie May obviously was fantastic at the weekend there. Um, and I think he'll, I'm going to go a Stevie May double, actually. Um, I think he's just going to tear apart Ash Taylor, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but yeah, I think it is massive for both teams. Um, and if Kamarnock lose, which I think they will, uh, it's not going to be looking good for them going forward. So I'm going to go a 2-0 St. Johnson wins Stevie May double. Big call from Scott that St. Johnson are going to go to rugby part and win. Josh, what do you think? Uh, I, I think St. Johnson will edge it uh, by one goal, maybe 1-0, 2-1. However, it's a close game for both teams. I think Kilmarnock, they need, they're in dire need of a result. And I think that tells you how poor they've been, that they're in dire need of a result in October. That could not define their season, but it would be not disastrous, but it would be very bad if they lost that game on Wednesday night. But well, I do think St. Johnston will go to Rugby Park and win. Um, Kilmarnock don't look good. Two votes for St. Johnston. I'm going with Kilmarnock. We'll see how that goes. But European action, let's get to, get to some entertaining action that will take place during the week. Rangers go to Anfield on Tuesday night. Again, Rangers will be hoping for a, a lot better than the previous two Champions League games. It's going to be a tough ask, Scott, because this Liverpool team, not only have they got a lot of really good attacking talent, they will be wanting a good performance because, as you say, the results haven't been good for them. They haven't been their sparkling best that we know they can be. Can Rangers do something here? Can Rangers get a result at Anfield? My heart says yes, my head says no. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, I just said about Liverpool, man. Like They are ridiculous. They are a very good team, even, even though they've been quite inconsistent this season. Um, anything's possible, this Rangers team, mate, like, 
no one would have thought Rangers would have got to the Europa League final. And as I said earlier on in the pod, Rangers have nothing to lose, nothing to fear here, you know. Um, so Rangers should, should go there uh, and just like go for it and see what happens. I'm, when I'm saying go for it, I'm not meaning like throw everyone forward, you know. But I'm just saying just go there with no pressure and see what Rangers can get. But I'm going to be optimistic here and I'm going to go. I think it'll be, I think it'll be two each. I'll be two each. There's definitely going to be goals in this game, that's for sure. Because obviously defensively, both sides are quite shaky at this moment in time. But I think there will be goals. It will be an exciting game for the neutral. So I'm heading down to Liverpool for it, but I won't be at the game anyway. So it was mother trying to get a ticket for that. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go two each. And I think I think Mary Ellis, I, I've got a feeling he'll be on the score sheet. Um, but when you look at Liverpool's uh, attack, the, the, it's going to be tough. Like, like the likes of Mo Salah, etc. Like Conor Goldstone's going to have his work cut out uh, against Liverpool. That's for sure, man. And uh, I think Al McGregor's <laughs> going to look, bust up uh, a blood vessel, shouting at Conor Goldstone, no doubt. <laughs> but I'm going to go to each. It's a big call. I think that Liverpool will win. I think it'll be two 0 I think. I can see, I can see where you're going because I, I was speaking to my dad about this earlier. Rangers could go to Anfield and pull off a classic Battle of Britain type thing of just holding off a draw. How many times did Walter do it against like the likes of Man United? He went to a, he went to Old Trafford against Man United and held off and stole an 0 0 draw. Something like that would need would be needed here because that Liverpool team are very they're, they're sparkling at the best. I don't know how it'll, how it will go, but I think Liverpool will just win. I think Liverpool will be looking for a performance. I'll go two 0 Liverpool. Josh, what do you think? Will Liverpool win, or could Rangers get a a big point, or even steal a steal all three? I think I think Liverpool will win. Um, I think two one, three one potentially. I think Rangers can go to Anfield and score though. Uh, the way Liverpool's defence is, they conceded three at home to Brighton at the weekend. So. Rangers can certainly go down there and have no fear, um, particularly Ryan Kent on the left wing up against Trent Alexander-Arnold. I don't think Trent Alexander-Arnold is a very good one-versus-one defender, so that will be an interesting battle, especially Kent against his former club. Uh, I think Rangers can score, as I said, at Anfield, but I think Liverpool's attacking quality will come through the likes of Salah, Diaz, Firmino, um, will hurt that back line, and I'll say 3-1 Liverpool. 3-1 Liverpool. Celtic go to Germany on Wednesday night away to RB Leipzig. Obviously, Leipzig obviously came up against Rangers last season and Rangers run to Seville. Can Celtic go to Germany and get a result, Josh? I think they could. Um, I think the Celtic team they have, I think Celtic can go anywhere and score. Um, but I think RB Leipzig can score as well uh, in equal abundance, the way Celtic's defence is the now. Uh, I mentioned earlier Christopher Nkunku, he scored against Rangers in yeah. the semi-final. Um, he's a talented player um, looks like he's on the move to Chelsea though in yeah. January I believe um, but nonetheless he's a great player Timo Werner uh, bagged a double at the weekend in the 4-0 win they've got a new manager Marco Rosa they've done alright under him um, I'm going to say I'm both a 3-2 Celtic win big call I think I think Celtic have got a chance I do think Leipzig will just edge it I'm going to go 2-1 but I think Celtic have got a chance. As you say, I would bet that Celtic team scoring and scoring anywhere. So I think they've got they'll definitely score. But I think Leipzig will just be too good on the night, Scott. What do you think? Um, I think it'll be one each. To be honest, um, there's one thing I, like from a Celtic point of view that uh, Ange Potokoglu needs to work on. See, like Celtic domestically plays some beautiful stuff, great attacking football, right? But when it comes to Europe, he doesn't really have a plan B. 
And I feel like that's going to hinder Celtic in Europe, where he's so set in his ways where he wants to play this attacking style of football. But when you come up against the likes of Leipzig and Real Madrid, they're going to exploit that, you know. And it worked when we look at last season, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst in Europe with Rangers. He had a plan B changed up to 3 5 2 at times. But I feel like Posacoglu needs to adapt to better teams and not always just go with, right, this is my way, this is how it's going to be, simple as. Um, but yeah, as Josh was saying, this Celtic team can score goals, like, whenever, whoever they play, you know. But I feel like the way they set up could cost them in Europe, but I'm going to go, I think they will score, um, but I think it will be one each. I think, don't see Celtic leaving with uh, all three. Will Hearts beat Fiorentina at home in the Conference League on Thursday night? What do you think of Hearts' chances on Thursday against Fiorentina, Josh? Uh, I don't think they'll win. I think Fiorentina will go to Tynecastle and win comfortably. Quality Serie A outfit. Hearts, they do have a good side. Um, I just don't see that performance against Rangers at the weekend, albeit they were down to 10 men for some. I don't think Hearts can get anything against Fiorentina, but watch them go and win 1-0 or 2-0 now. Scott Hearts will need a big performance after after Saturday. Do you think they'll get it? Uh, no, I, I think Fiorentina will win. Um, Fiorentina lost their last uh, game in the Conference League, so this is a must win. Um, and Fiorentina are a good side. They'll pull out, pull out all the stops to make sure they get the three points. And I think on the night, of Fiorentina will be too much for Hearts. So I'm going to go, I think it'll be 3-1 Fiorentina. I think Fiorentina will win. I think they'll win 2 now. I think Hearts, I think they were exposed a wee bit on Saturday. I think their defensive weaknesses, they've been very unlucky with injuries. And it was a kind of makeshift back line. I don't know if a lot of their, their top-class defenders will be back in time. I think Fiorentina are a good side. I wouldn't say they're a brilliant side, but I would say they're, they're good enough to get a result against Hearts on the night. I think Fiorentina will win 2 now. And it's going to be a really exciting week. There's a lot of action to come up over the week. Uh, but we're going to wrap up the show there. Scott, thank you very much for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Well, thank you, mate. I appreciate it. Brilliant. And Josh, thanks very much as well. Really, really enjoyed having you on. Yep, thanks for having us. Really enjoyed pleasure. that. Pleasure. Thank you very much for having us tuned in. Please follow our podcast and YouTube channels for more consistent Scottish football coverage. And as always, social media, we have all the latest news and all the latest developments in Scottish football. Thanks very much, everyone. See you soon. Cheers.